Relationship Rewind on WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill, a show where we rewind relationships in popular media and break down behaviors that are often considered normal but are actually based in power, control, and abuse. I'm your host, Carrie Clark, she, her pronouns, the youth educator and advocate at Next Step Domestic Violence Project. Often young people are expected to just know how to be in relationships in healthy and equal ways, but no one is born knowing that information. We learn through the examples of relationships given to us. And one place we see these examples is in the media we consume. That's why this show uses media like movies and TV shows as tools to recognize and start conversations about harmful and unhealthy behaviors in the relationships portrayed. But this is not to pass judgment on the media that we're discussing. Our goal is to invite young people in Maine to give their perspective and voice their thoughts, opinions, and experiences around what they've seen in media and how it has impacted them or the people they know. Every month, our guest speaker chooses a piece of media where they've noticed some of these behaviors being normalized, and we discuss their thoughts and experiences and how this has impacted them. There are sensitive materials in and spoilers of the media we discuss. Our guest this month is Joe, she, her pronouns, host of WERU's Jumpin' Tracks. Our conversation around the Twilight series centers around some of the unhealthy behaviors that Joe noticed the characters displaying while watching the films back. As a bit of background, the Twilight series of books and movies follow the story of high school student Bella Swan and Edward Cullen, a vampire, after they meet and fall in love. If you would like to reach out to us for support or more information, please call Next Steps 24-7 and free helpline at 1-800-315-5579. If you'd like to reach out for support but you're not sure who to call, you can call 211 to find which resource may be helpful for you and to be connected with them. I'd now like to introduce Joe for a discussion about Twilight. So our show is all about breaking down some of the relationships that we see in media and the behaviors in those relationships that might seem romantic or normal or idealized. But if those things were actually happening to us in real life, they wouldn't really be that way. Can you talk a little bit about your experiences growing up and watching this media? Yeah, I think a lot of movies and TV shows that I had access to painted this picture of like what a romantic relationship was or what it was supposed to look like when you were truly in love. And sometimes parts of those behaviors that were in couples that, you know, were the ideal people that everybody was rooting for, some of those behaviors were kind of not cool. And like, as a kid, I didn't know that. So I was like, oh my gosh, that's what it looks like to be in love. And it kind of taught me or maybe like opened the doors for me to expect those behaviors. And so it wasn't until much later in my life that I realized like I shouldn't be wanting these things or not everything that I see in media is good. And I mean, media targeted for young adults in their formative years of trying to figure out for the first time what it is like to be in a relationship. So it's kind of these like two conflicting things of what you see in TV. And then when you experience it yourself, you kind of have to reflect and be like, you know, I saw this on my favorite TV show, but how does it make me feel? And I think it just kind of creates this really hard jumble of questions to figure out when you're young. That seems to be the experience of a lot of us growing up. We're watching 
watching these movies, these TV shows, we're reading these books, and they all have these passionate things that are happening or these romantic things that are happening. And we're growing up not knowing, of course, that these things aren't maybe healthy for us. And it's really confusing to think, I want that romance, I want that passion, but it doesn't actually feel very good when it's happening to us. Very skewed perspective. So today we are going to talk about the Twilight series, which of course was a series of books first, and then the movies came out. They're still very popular. The Team Edward and the Team Jacob going on. And can you talk about why you wanted to discuss Twilight specifically? I think it was kind of what you said, my generation, your generation, we grew up with the excitement around the movie releases and the books. Today, a lot of our media has been saturated by Twilight memes and like, you know, people revisiting. It's still very culturally significant. I was eight when the first movie came out. And I mean, I saw it pretty soon after it came out of the theaters. So I really grew up with these romantic relationships of Team Edward or Team Jacob and like watching them. That was one of the relationships in media that I based my expectations off of, even though it was like a vampire, you know, the overarching ideas were what I thought was what it was going to look like when I was in high school. But looking back, most of the behaviors are kind of problematic. And so I feel like revisiting it and kind of talking about this movie and the book series that have played a huge role in my life and other people's lives and are still being discovered by younger people today, it will help kind of get the idea out that like, Like, don't expect that. Like, this isn't normal behavior if you're watching this for the first time. So it's still very relevant. It definitely is still very relevant. And I love that you touched upon the fact that, yes, these are vampires. And vampires might not be real, but the behaviors and the relationships and the things that are happening, those are very real. Exactly. The messages are still very real. They're still very relevant. They are still things that you said. You're still watching this and expecting those things in your relationships as you're growing because that is what you are seeing. So while it might be happening with vampires and werewolves and things that don't actually exist. They are still things that are being kind of brushed over or idealized in the movies and in the books. Can you think of an example specifically, either from the book or from one of the movies, of a behavior or a dynamic in the relationships that you saw that was maybe being normalized or romanticized that maybe wasn't so great? Yes. So the first one that like screamed to me when I think about Twilight is the age gap. Bella is 17 when the series starts. She's 17. They're in high school. And Edward is in a 17-year-old's body, but he has lived for 104 years. And, like, this isn't exclusive to the Twilight series, right? Like, there are, especially, I think, in fantasy books and movies and TV shows, you see a lot of these, like, warlocks or wizards or this, like, powerful, these powerful people who have lived forever and they get into romantic relationships with really young people like a lot of the times it's minors and I think a lot of people when they were first reading the books first watching the movies it didn't really sound any alarms because he's in a 17 year old's body he's going to high school he looks 17 but he has lived 87 years before Bella was even born that's concerning and I think that he says something along the lines of like he's been waiting for her right like nothing his life didn't feel right until she came around she's 17 (laughs) So I think that is a big red flag and it's posed in the series as romantic. And a lot of people come away from that being like, oh my gosh, that's so cute. 
I want that. And like, no, that should be sending alarms off. I really love that you brought that up because honestly, that is not even something that See, occurred to me. See, you don't think me. about it. You don't exactly. think about it because he looks 17 and they don't really talk about it a lot. He mentioned, you know, she asked at one point, how long have you been 17? And he says like a very long time. And then that's like the end of the discussion. So it's kind of swept under the rug, but it's a very huge factor. <laughs> Yeah, it absolutely is. And it's so funny because I think you're right. I think most people don't even think about that aspect. And I certainly did not. And I'm really glad you brought that up. And then I know later on when she's wanting him to change her into a vampire and she's saying, I'm going to be so much older than you. You're not going to want me anymore and all of this. Yeah. But, but we do have to remember, right? He is way older than she is. So the mentality yes. is not of a 17 or 18 year old boy it's of a no. 109 year old man so mature <laughs> that would be creepy in any other instance if there was a, a man who was in his 80s or 90s or even in his 30s or 40s and he was saying i've waited for you for a long time to a minor that would be horrifying yes that would be absolutely awful and so i think it's kind of hidden by the fact that he looks young which is also like a phenomenon that happens when you're not a vampire like people don't always look their age and that's scary that's definitely something that we see often in real life. We see, you know, these people in their 30s, for instance, who look very young, who are maybe good looking, and they are able to sort of glamour their way into a relationship with a minor just because of the way that they look and the way that they act. No, not at all. And I think that like that dynamic for really young people who don't know yet that that's maybe not okay, it kind of can send the message of like, it's okay to be with someone older than me if they have the same interests or we're in similar communities or they're involved in the same activities, which is not true. <laughs> and like, I know that no one's actually faced with like being in love with a vampire, but the overall message is not a good one at all. Can you think of any other specific examples in the movies uh, further along? I have, okay, so I have a thing with Edward's behavior. So Edward frequently stalks Bella. He listens to her conversations with others, like when they're on the field trip and she's talking about how she is going to be in Florida. And he comes up to her later and just bluntly is like, what's in Florida? He follows her around town. He's really, really protective of her. And the scariest one is he watches her when she sleeps, but she's not aware and he's just in her room. He's breaking and entering. <laughs> and she's like, oh my God, that's so hot. It's not. <laughs> And like there are times Edward sneaks into her room and watches her for several months and then she catches him and he kind of admits that he's been doing it and then she's like oh okay well will you stay with me and then he starts doing it like consensually he hangs out with her and she falls asleep and he just like stays that's whatever but the fact that he did it without her knowing and he was in her house in like the weird corner of her room just watching her how why I don't that's not cool yeah no that is definitely an over 
overstep and that's an understatement yeah he just shows up in her room without any permission and has been watching her sleep and when she says how long have you been doing this he says a few months like it's no big deal and no shock no nothing and i'm just thinking you know i am married and if my husband was standing in the corner watching me sleep <laughs> That's not cute. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I feel like a lot of this scary behavior or things that aren't normal are kind of intertwined with this romantic aspect, like the whole watching you when you sleep. And she's like, oh my God, that's so cute. But also like the possessiveness and the other counts of stalking around town. Like he saves her twice. The first time is when somebody in the parking lot can't stop their car and it almost slams into her and he like runs across the parking lot and saves her. The second time she's out walking around at night. Her friends were going prom dress shopping and she was kind of over it. And these guys who are drunk and older surround her and it looks like something super serious is about to happen and Edward pulls up and does his little like vampire eye thing and scares them away. So like that part of like him saving her and making sure she's safe is something like a lot of people find really sweet. But the reason that he's saving her is because he's stalking her. You know, like he wouldn't have known to do those things unless he was watching her and that part is the not okay part but because he does this like heroic thing I don't think a lot of people realize that that's not cool exactly and I think even for a vampire which doesn't exist that's still creepy if you're a vampire that's still creepy that you're stalking me I feel like that'd be even more concerning because why are you stalking me as a vampire yeah I think he's overstepping a lot he is stalking her while she's out with friends so it's not even like mm-hmm. she, he knew she is going to this place where it's a dangerous situation. She was just going out with friends and he was following her to see what she was doing while she was out with friends. And the pretense of that was, well, I wanted to make sure you were safe. But in theory, should have been safe going to town with friends to go dress shopping. Right. There's a reason for you to be watching. The possessiveness when they're not even a couple. You mentioned no. the field <laughs> the field trip where he comes out of nowhere and he's like, well, what's in Jacksonville and he's all like yeah grumpy about and he's like it. watching yeah and he like watches when the other her other friend like asks her to prom and he's like in the background frowning there's no reason for you to be doing that if you like her and you haven't told her and you're not a like a couple or you both know that you're interested you can't be upset when someone else makes a move and he's very protective of her which a lot of people are like oh like that's so sweet and like a guy who's protective and that's cool and fine and dandy but I just think that it's like excessive to a point of worry. How do you think that that will impact people who are watching who maybe don't know that that overprotectiveness quote unquote or that possessiveness is really concerning and not okay to have happening and they're seeing it in this light where it's romantic and they're thinking this is what's supposed to happen in a relationship. I think it unfortunately opens the door to really harmful and dangerous situations because they're a couple and we're supposed to be rooting for them. So that's what I think love is going to be like. Or it will cloud your judgment if something like that were to happen to you. It could also make you think that those behaviors are okay to display to other people. If you don't know what being in a relationship is like, you're young, you're impressionable. Again, you know, you're watching TV 
and every romantic relationship you see, at least when I was young, I was like, that's what it's supposed to be. Like, that's what I should want. I think we're watching these things happen and we're thinking like, oh, okay, well then when my partner is really possessive of me and they get really jealous and angry when I talk to other people, that's just because they love me so much that they just want yes. me all to themselves. And it's romantic when it can be very problematic, something that people don't necessarily realize when they haven't gone through it before and they're seeing it everywhere. They're seeing it in the movies they watch. They're seeing it in the books they read. They're maybe seeing seeing it in other relationships with people that they know because those people are consuming the same media, right? And they're getting yeah. the same ideas. I think this opens the gateway on learning how to act and also how others should. Yeah, I appreciate too how you touched on not only are people watching this thinking, okay, well, it's okay for people to do this to me, but it's also okay for me to then be possessive of my partner or it's okay yeah. for me to act this way when I'm feeling really jealous. It definitely does. I mean, you're you're watching both on how you want to act. And I mean, I know so many people who are like, oh my God, I think, you know, this character is super hot and that's how I want my partner to be. If you're just joining in, this is Relationship Rewind on WERU FM 89.9 Blue Hill. I'm your host, Carrie Clark. And today we have Joe on to talk about the Twilight series. So we talk a lot about Edward's behavior specifically. What are your thoughts on Jacob and his ah! progression? <laughs> well, my biggest thing about Jacob is in Breaking Dawn when he imprints on Renesmee. That's like my biggest issue with him. The way imprinting is explained in the movies is usually a romantic relationship. And I understand that the intent was for him to be like a protector, like a uncle maybe type of way. But I don't think that that's a good choice in the writing. And it, it creeps me out that he imprinted on a baby. It would have made more sense if it was on Bella because he likes her and he is also very protective of her and concerned for her safety. And so it just doesn't really make sense for him to be imprinting on a infant. I don't think that you are alone in that sentiment. I can remember reading the books and I remember getting to that part and having to set it down mm -hmm. because it was just so bizarre and uncomfortable. Jacob imprint on their baby and like you said, it's supposed to be kind of as a protector and like a, like a family figure until she grows up and then they're supposed to what? Get married? So she's <laughs> going to so she's going to grow up thinking this is my like an uncle figure or a protector or a family member and then now i'm supposed to have a relationship, relationship with, him? with him yes mm -hmm. growing up like that like i cannot there's no there's no angle or way you could twist this to make it okay and like groomy promotes a lot of bad things it is explained right in the book that it is a romantic attachment eventually. While it could have been explained in a way where it stayed platonic, that's not how it was written. So if the expectation is that this will be a romantic thing later on, that takes away Renesmee's choice. She has no choice in the matter and it is like you said, grooming. It, it is grooming. <laughs> like There's no other word for it. That's what it is. It's worrisome too because I feel like that's true in real life for a lot of families is like 
grooming happens a lot of the times by people you're close with. And so this is just promoting that in a positive way or supposed to be. I don't think anybody watched that or read that and was like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. But that was the intent. And that just is so dangerous and opens a whole can of worms in terms of kids watching that and being like, oh, well, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. He just, he loves her. He wants to protect her. She's a child. She can't say anything. I mean, yes, she grows up super fast, but that doesn't change anything, you know? So that, that's my biggest thumbs down on Jacob is that whole thing. I mean, he's grumpy and like, I don't, I don't know. I didn't pay a lot of attention to him (laughs) in terms of like preparing for this. I feel like he is secondary only because there's not ever, I mean, they make it. So there's a question of like, oh my gosh, is she going to be with Edward? Is she going to be with Jacob? But everybody knows that like he has no chance. So he was kind of like in the back of my mind the entire time, but except for that, which we didn't watch (laughs) that movie for this, but like that plot line, everybody knows about it. And it's so wrong. It is the most wrong. Like It is something that gets talked about very often. And so it's pretty well known and it is very problematic. And like you said, while it's great, that it seems to have a very negative reaction from people in general, that doesn't mean that that's going to be the case for everybody who watches. There there are instances where some families do have these things happening and so somebody watching this might think that this is normal and okay to do. I really, re-watching the movie, I was like switching teams, I think, for a little bit. And then when Alice comes back because she thinks Bella has died and Jacob is there with her and Edward calls her house and he does not say to Edward like she's okay does not let Bella talk to him when she has been wanting to talk to him does not give her that choice and he hangs up a phone and then he gets yeah, like angry. he's in charge exactly then he's becoming possessive displaying that same behavior that Edward was displaying neither choices are good like they both are possessive they both are awful characteristic wise but yeah that's a good point I didn't even think about that like when he answered the phone and didn't really treat either of them well and was very possessive of Bella like he was in a position of power he's playing off as he's being like this patient kind friend and it's clear she's not over Edward because he has left at this point and that's another thing I wanted to talk about was like the whole so when Edward leaves Bella seeks out these really dangerous situations to see him and hear him. And the only way that things get better is like when they meet up again and she saves him. Because there's no, I mean, there's no timeline on healing. You know, after a serious breakup, it could be a week, it could be years before you're ready. So the fact that she is suffering from this breakup is not my issue, but it's the fact that she doesn't heal by self-reflecting. It's only outwardly that she finds peace. And it's also the fact that she seeks out these super, super dangerous situations like riding on a motorcycle with this random guy and jumping off a cliff at La Push just to see him. It's not presented like, oh, this is totally okay to do, but it essentially gets her what she wants. And so I feel like that message is not good for younger audiences that if we go through a breakup, it's we need to be looking outside of ourselves for healing. And it's okay to engage in behaviors that we probably wouldn't do otherwise in order to make us 
feel better or in order to get the attention of others. That's a really important point because when I was watching this back, I drew a parallel between her doing these dangerous things to try to quote unquote see him because she was seeing kind of like these visions of him, right? Telling her not to do these dangerous things. And so she's wanting to bring that forth by jumping off a cliff. I drew a parallel between that and say, okay, so vampires aren't real. If this was just a normal breakup and somebody was doing these dangerous things, like you said, right, to get the attention of other people or the person, she is trying to bring him back by putting her life at risk. And I think that that is something that we see very, very often when or one person tries to end a relationship. We see people who will threaten to harm themselves i mean it is it's manipulation and it's really harmful manipulation oh i'm gonna harm myself or put myself in these really dangerous situations because you're not here it's your fault placing the blame on the other person when your choices are your choices you are responsible for your actions and you shouldn't be putting this pressure on other people to act a certain way You mentioned manipulation a couple of times, and I think this isn't the only time where she's sort of manipulative, right? She... Because there's a lot to unpack here. This is a very long series. How do you feel like Twilight as a whole could impact the young people who are watching? Twilight as a whole has a lot of poor examples about how people should be treated. I think because it's all framed in A, other people can, you know, treat me poorly, manipulate me, stalk me, be possessive of me. I think you can kind of internalize that in a way that you're expecting or wanting it from other people. And also maybe internalize it in a way of like, oh, it's okay for me to act like that towards my romantic partners because everybody is in love with this couple and that's how they're treating each other if you would if you take that to heart it can put you in some serious and harmful situations um, going forward when you're exploring your own romantic life what do you think that people consuming media in general should keep in mind while they're watching that could maybe oh. help lessen some of these potential negative impacts Kind of reflecting, like if you see a relationship that you find to be ideal, I think kind of reflecting about like, how would I feel if someone treated you that way? I think thinking about how your friends and family would feel if somebody were treating you that way, or how you would feel if somebody was treating your friends and family. Like sometimes it's hard, I think, to think about yourself personally and how people treat you, but turning it outside and, you know, how would I feel if someone treated my best friend that way? If we put it in that light, we can realize if we didn't before that, oh, huh, something doesn't sit right with me. And also, I think just keeping in mind that not everything you see is good. So just because it's working here on screen doesn't mean it would actually work in real life. And so I think just having that in the back of your mind of like, oh, yeah, this seems perfect. But just remember, TV shows and movies are not typically accurate portrayers of true good relationships, true good life experiences. 
I'd like to thank Joe for being our guest speaker this month and having this conversation about relationships and how watching the examples given in media has impacted her growing up and some of the things to keep in mind while we're all watching our favorite shows and movies. You have been listening to Relationship Rewind. I'm your host, Carrie Clark, and I hope you'll join us again next month on the third Tuesday from 4.30 to 5, where we will be continuing this conversation and breaking down another relationship in popular media. You can also listen to our live stream or subscribe to our podcast at weru.org or on the WERU smartphone app. If you are a young person in Maine who is interested in being a guest speaker on the show, have ideas of media we could talk about, or you know of a young person who might be interested, reach out to me at cclark at nextstepdvproject.org. As mentioned, you can call Next Steps 24-7 and free helpline at 1-800-315-5579 for more support or more information about power and control in relationships and resources available to you. If you'd like to reach out for support, but you're not sure who to call, you can call 211 to find which resource may be helpful for you and to be connected with them. Thank you.